Ready for the interview And if you get a cue Live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo Let's have a combo Say what you feel Be real, that's the motto Real talk pronto Doctor D, PhD Hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals Okay <laughs> it's funny to laugh with people before you get on with them. Like you're like, does this feel all right? I'm like, oh, it definitely feels all right. All right. <laughs> like, it feels good. Feels good. <laughs> <laughs> but it does feel good to be back with you again. Uh, I had such a great time speaking with you last time. So thanks for coming back. Oh, I'm so happy that you asked me to come back. Yeah, I love your questions and I love the just the natural flow of this dialogue. All all of your interviews are like that. It's yeah. just it's just such a comfortable um place to be. And I love that you are allowing me to normalize this conversation oh, about yeah. sexuality. I mean, we just don't talk about this stuff enough. So yeah, I thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. Well, I mean, I'm sure this will feel good and be great again. Uh, but I get I gotta get you back on in February because I'm gonna do a whole month of sex, love, and relationships. And yes. uh I think it would be awesome to come back. I don't know, I just like having you on. It's just uh Thank easy to you. talk to. Yes. Thank you. I like you too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It all feels good. We're doing great. All feels good. Speaking of feeling good. Okay. We're going to talk about some feelings related to erectile dysfunction, libido. Let's, let's just talk about erectile, erectile dysfunction first. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a big topic. I mean, when you think of it, statistically speaking, anyway, 53% of men over 40 will experience erectile dysfunction. Of now, some wait, wait a minute. Now, so what, what is that exactly? What does that mean, erectile dysfunction, when we speak thank about you. this? Yeah, thank, yeah, let's define this because, I mean, this is part of my world, but not everybody um, knows about this. So erectile dysfunction is just basically a fancy term saying that he can't get an erection. So whether that... It, that involves not being able to get an erection at any time, anywhere, no matter what's happening, or um, he has an erection, he he starts fooling around with his partner, and then he loses it, can't maintain it, um, or has a partial erection, can't, and and makes penetration very difficult with a woman. So um, it, it it takes many different forms and you know degrees of severity, but it really takes it puts your relationship through the ringer i mean <laughs> i mean just starting with beating down your ego as a man you know if you can't perform a lot of men they start taking that to, to heart like right. I, I am i am dysfunctional i am not uh, a full man you know like guys take it really hard um, because their their genitals are called their manhood for a reason. They 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 identify so heavily with the genitals that if it's not functioning uh, functioning optimally the way they would like it to, um, then it's you know, what do you do? What do you do? And that's what I teach women is to hey he can't get it up no problem let's let's not exacerbate the situation and make it worse and make him feel worse by not paying attention to his soft penis. <laughs> There's so many things you can do with it. <laughs> and, um, and, but a lot of people just, they just think penetration intercourse, 
That's what you do when you have sex with your partner. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't know that there are other options. And so if he has ED, um, which is short for erectile dysfunction, then the, often the couple don't know what to do. So they don't do anything. And years goes goes by and there's zero affection in the bedroom whatsoever. Yeah. You know what? Can and, you, what is this partial, partial erection business? Like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say the word partial erection. It seems like they just can't get it up or, you know, a whole thing. Um, it's not necessarily an all or nothing thing, like completely flaccid yeah. or completely rock hard. There are varying degrees um, in that spectrum. So he can, he can be, he can look erect, like his penis can elongate. And, um, and that's a whole different subject. <laughs> it is. Some guys are showers <laughs> and some guys are growers, you know, like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> but, um, but he, he can look like he it's getting, starting to get firm, but not firm enough to actually have intercourse with someone. It's still too soft to penetrate. Let's say yeah. that would be partial, um, erection. Right. As far as the guy's concerned, it's still a not an erection. It's not an erection. He can't put it in somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I like the somewhere. Yeah. Like, There's lots of different places. <laughs> right, for sure. Uh, this is a deeper issue, though, I think, in the sense of why are, this is interesting, I think, from a woman's point of view, why do you think men are, have been so socialized into their genitalia being their identity as a man? Well, I think, well, it, I think it comes from the societal treatment of men opposed to women. Okay. Like men are studs if they're active in the bedroom and they're getting lots of girls. Women, they're sluts or whores. So, so it's a positive connotation to be, um, to be very active sexually. And anytime that we think of sex, typically... We think of penetration, intercourse. Oh, did you have sex tonight? Uh, do, do you want to have sex tonight? That means, can I put my penis in your vagina? Usually. Right. Not all the time. But um, it's sort of a, there's one road to that big O destination, and it is sex um, or penetration uh, or a blowjob. Yeah. Um. And and even with a blowjob, sometimes women they're they're not sure what to do with with the the flaccid penis. So um, I think just all roads lead to intercourse, and men have been conditioned to perform, perform at work, perform in the relationship, bring home the 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 they're the breadwinner, you know, perform in the bedroom. Men typically initiate. Men typically initiate a date. Like men are expected to perform in so many ways in their life that when they can't perform in the bedroom, it's a, uh, it's a big thing. So I think it's just, there's so many different facets of men performing in general that set them up for this performance anxiety when it comes to being between the sheets. It's so interesting that you talk about this in my mind, I was thinking like, there's a there could be a lot of pushback on that mentality about, well, men have all this pressure when we're also in a time where I think people are like, well, men have always dominated society and a lot of and other things. They may say, well, why are we giving men all of this 
uh, saying, well, you have a lot on your plate type. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's it's interesting, like the dichotomy behind that. Like, you, it yeah. feels like you give a lot of credit. Like you say, hey, there's a lot going on for guys. And this is yes. just another added pressure for that. Whereas I think some people may see that line of thinking, go, why are we giving men this credit? It's like there's getting so many other things that, you know, you, it's just interesting the the points of view behind it, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I think I, I think I speak this way about men because I used to be an erotic massage provider. I had over 2000 male clients and when you deal with over 2000 male males, you get to learn a lot about the male psyche. And, um, and they would open up to me in ways that they would not normally open up to their, their spouse or their girlfriend. Um, because they had nothing to lose. Like I was the only one they could, the only female they could really talk to and not get any backlash or, you know, that pushback that you're talking about. Um, and I've, I've developed a lot of compassion for men. Um, men re- men want to just be loved, just like us. They want to be respected. They want to be honored. They want to be recognized and acknowledged for what they do do. And they do a lot. Um, they're just, they haven't been given a lot of skills that some women have, just mm. societally speaking, like the strong, silent type. That's apparently supposed to be an attractive feature. I don't find that attractive at all. <laughs> Talk about your feelings, but men yeah. aren't raised that way, you right. know? So yeah, men get the short end of the stick and that's why they do dumb things. And then they get the pushback because they're not given the tools that, that some women have been given in being able to articulate their feelings. Um, they're more likely to lash out rather than say, Hey, you know what? This has really been bothering me. <laughs> like, so, so men really need to be let off the hook in a lot of ways. And I found that even in really horrible relationships um, where I'm recommending, like, I, I help people keep the relationships together and I, I help people save the relationship. And there have been clients who've emailed me and my response has been, have you considered a divorce? Like it was that far down the right. road. And then here I come along teaching erotic massage to the lady in the relationship, she tries it out. And, and in, I don't just teach erotic massage, but I teach communication and compassion and really understanding men. And so she starts implementing these principles in the bedroom and in the relationship in general. And all of a sudden the guy just melts. He just softens. He starts treating her like a queen. So I find that the person who goes first wins. You know, like it doesn't take two to tangle. It takes one. And so if the woman goes first and shows her guy this massive amount of understanding and compassion and acknowledgement and unconditional touch, um, then it's amazing what happens, how much the guy softens and, and all the, the things that he's doing that totally piss her off. He stops doing those things because now he's seen, he's heard, he's understood. And he doesn't have to, you know, express himself in, in maybe ways that don't serve him. What did you think about men before the 2000? I thought they were all pigs. Really? (laughs) I I thought, 
even when I started the erotic massage, I just thought, oh my God, you're cheating on your woman with me. Right. Like right. you're engaged, you're married, you're, you have a girlfriend, whatever. I, I had guys calling me up. Hey, so I'm getting to get married tomorrow. Can I get an erotic massage tonight? Like, <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> you guys suck. And the, the few really great guy friends or guys that I dated, I thought they were the exception to the rule. Um, and so I went into that profession just thinking, oh God, okay, let's just get through this. You know, I, yeah. I did that profession solely for the money, not because I wanted to touch a guy's penis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, I didn't even know how to touch a guy's penis when I started that. Um, right. So it's kind of crazy that I even got into that profession. But um, but yeah, I, I did not have a high opinion of men in general. Um, now I love guys. They need a break. And if we were to, if I were to get world leaders on my massage table, uh -oh. let me tell you, this would be a very different planet, like <laughs> less wars, more conversation, more people, more, more world leaders waking up going, yeah, you know what? Let's make some friends today. Like they're <laughs> feeling so full, filled up. They're not trying to take from, from anyone else. Like. I'm serious. <laughs> I think the I think board meetings would go a lot different if guys started their day feeling fully loved up in in or using erotic massage, what I teach. Oh my gosh, it would be a completely different planet. Yeah. You know what's funny? Guys. I don't think they're having a lot. I don't think there's much uh, sex going on in a lot of these world leaders. I really I don't have no clue if this is true, but it just doesn't seem like it, honestly. I, just... If you're getting if you're getting a lot of physical, intimate touch, um, like the good stuff, not just wham, bam, thank you, man. But like they, if they, if you're feeling so loved up physically, you're a pretty happy person. I don't think that's happening to a lot of our world and leaders. I, I'm pretty yeah, sure it's not happening. I don't think happening. that world leaders are all no. that happy. If, no. if the, yeah, I just don't feel that either. Yeah, that doesn't feel no. good. That doesn't feel right. It's all about feelings today. What feels good, right? It's all <laughs> it's about like, feeling good. Really? That feel good? <laughs> I think that's the hokey pokey. That's what it's all about is if if you're feeling good yeah. in your intimate relationship, you can handle the outside world of craziness. Yeah. But if the outside crazy world um, is not tempered by an oasis that is your home, mm. then you just can't handle it. Right. You know, yeah. if you come home to compassion, to laughter, to um, affection and understanding and interest and curiosity, then then you can handle whatever's going on in your job or just the outside yeah. world in general. Um, but you need that at home. You need to have that bit of oasis away from the craziness. Yeah. So you don't go nuts. I agree. And you know, what's interesting, I think, is like a lot of what it sounds like you do also it's like sexual communication yes. and actually like talking about intimacy, like just talking about it with your partner. Yeah. Uh, it's a commuting. It's a, it's a conversation. Right? It doesn't happen in the bedroom. It People just does. It doesn't. Bedroom. It's a lot of the wham, bam, like, let's just get this over with type of thing release. Yeah. But I think the talking is actually so much fun. And it's actually really fun. And to normalize the talking about the things you want. Um, yes. out of the experience is really transformative, I believe. Yeah. And I think a lot of people assume that when you're saying talking in the bedroom, 
a lot, a lot of your viewers right now is probably like, oh, I don't know how to do that sexy talk. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Oh, baby, baby. No, that's not what no, this is not about that. at all. No, no, just like, hey, so, you know, if I do this, would it feel better if I went slower or faster? Like what yes. feels better to you? Yes. You know, like just like curiosity. I want to learn about your body. I want to learn what you like. I want to find out what you don't like and make it safe for you to say no. Um, yeah. There's so many conversations going on upstairs in our brain that we're not articulating and we're saying no, no, no in our brain, but we're not actually feeling safe to say no Yeah. or to say, hey, can we try this instead? Yes. It's a no to this, but it's a hell yeah to that. Like, let's yeah. try that. Um. And, and just, that's just not happening. And so I love teaching women how to talk in the bedroom because it's really quite simple, really simple. It's just asking better questions. It is. That's yeah. the basis for any good conversation, listening and then asking interesting questions, being open about and that, you know, in or out of the bedroom. It doesn't even have to doesn't be doesn't matter. The like yeah. that when you learn how to ask better questions and really listen to your partner, then your whole relationship changes. Of course. Like just general conversations in the kitchen change. Right. And you start getting real and you start feeling more free in your relationship because then you can really express what it is you want to say instead of keeping all this stuff inside and brushing it under the rug and not talking about those little irritations yeah. and letting them build up until they're, they're a mountain of resentment. You know, like yep. when you can just like talk about anything, oh, there's so yeah. much freedom there. So much freedom. Uh, so a couple of things. Uh, this always, I always have crazy amounts of questions. And I talk to you, I think, <laughs> what changed your mind about men during, like at what point was there a tipping point where you had a different idea about men during erotic massage? Oh, it's, it's the little things that men would say. I remember this one guy, Matt, he said once, like he was talking about his, his wife who they hadn't been intimate in years and years and years. Wow. Yeah. They were still married and he would, he just felt so depleted as a man, unwanted, unloved, uncared for. And cause she hadn't touched him in years or when she, the odd time when she felt he could tell it was totally obligatory. Like, Oh, let's just, let's just, you know, pacify him a little bit and give him a little something he yeah. said to me he said lee i wish that women would play with it like they like it mm. like they like it not even like they love it right. just like just give me a little a little something that you actually want to do this because you guys can tell yeah. if we're faking it if we're not into it if we're like oh all right you know the whether we say that or not you can tell through our touch and so there were little comments like that that the men on my massage table would say that made my heart just break and realize that no they're not just horn dogs they don't want to just get off they want to be loved and so there was that tipping point where I would, I would, I think Matt was the first one who, okay. when he said that, I thought, oh, ouch, ow, that, that hurt me to hear hmm. because I don't want someone touching me out of pure obligation and not liking it at all. Just what like, did you oh, think about it? in your own life when you heard that from Matt, how did that translate to you and your personal relationship? Well, I felt guilty as hell 
because I've had so much obligatory sex in my life. (laughs) So much, you know, like I love the guy, but I just don't, I don't want to have sex with him because back then Mm. I had no game. I did not know how to touch a guy. It was just open my legs, insert part A into part B. Here we go. Okay. Let's just give him what he wants. And so, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I felt like I was being voluntarily raped. Basically, mm. I was voluntarily walking into a situation where it was a hell no, but I did it anyway, just to keep the peace. Um, that's, that's a horrible situation. And in retrospect, after hearing comments like that from my clients, I thought, oh my God, my partner probably knew every time that made me feel horrible that all that time that I thought I was faking it, faking so many orgasms just to have it done with, he probably knew (laughs) at least some of them. I don't know. I'm a pretty good actor, so I can probably (laughs) pull it off pretty good. But, um, but yeah, it just hurt my heart to think of yeah. all of the past guys I had been with, um, felt that from me. Like I didn't really like his private parts and it's not like I even disliked it. It was just, I didn't know what to do with it. Hmm. That, that's why I was kind of uh, all hesitant and, uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. All right. Just stick it in. You know, that's what a guy wants anyway. Right. Hmm. was what I thought. Um, and so that hesitant touch I can see that translating for the guy as, oh, she doesn't, she doesn't want to touch me there. Like in my most manly place, she wants nothing to do with it. Ouch. Ouch. I felt guilty as heck. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I I always wonder what's the translation between the two things. Like if you're doing something, but then what's the correlation to your own personal life? Do you actually change because a lot of people do things, but don't change. They see something, but don't make a change in their own personal situation. Right. There's well, a wall to that. I, you know, I, I've been running up against that a lot lately with um, talking with female clients. Because um, I, I have a lot of courses that I put women through and I coaching and all the things on how to touch a man's body head to toe. Um, but especially down there <laughs> in the juicy parts. Um And I find that women just don't even know that this is an option, just using their hands. They think, okay, so either I acquiesce to penetration or I give them a blow job. And a lot of women have vaginal dryness. If they're a lot of my, a lot of my ladies are going through menopause. So there's dryness down there. It's painful. They can't, they want to have intercourse, but they can't. Or the other option is a blow job. And, and if they're not into oral, then they're kind of like, well, we, we're not doing anything in the bedroom. A lot of women just don't even know there's a third option right. of erotic massage that can feel even better than intercourse or a blow job, by the, by the way. Um, and you can, you can make your hands feel like, like you, you're, you're, you're using your tongue your mouth, or your right. lips. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Blindfolded guys, they don't even know. They're like, oh my God, what are you doing with your tongue right now? Nope, that's not my tongue. (laughs) But a lot of women, they just don't know that there's a third option. So they're just not opening up in the bedroom at all because they they, they don't want or can't do either of the two options that they know about. Well, think about it like, okay, imagine you're a person in your 50s, late 40s 
early 50s, whatever, and you haven't learned a thing about how to please your partner. I mean, you've lived a long life already. It can feel embarrassing probably to the person to be like, I just don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to avoid this. But isn't that the same thing we do with a lot of things? I don't know how to do this particular thing, so I'm just not going to try it. That's almost anything you try in right. life. Because right. we don't want to look bad. You don't want to look bad. in bed. Oh, my God. That's right. so vulnerable, being in the bedroom and looking like, oh, yeah, I, I know nothing. Like, yeah. that's so embarrassing is the perfect descriptive word there. Yeah. It's you're, you're you're literally embarrassed and feeling like, why is it that I don't know this? I'm in my forties and fifties and I've never learned this. And I've been having sex for decades and I yeah. don't know this skill. What? So they, they, yeah, they feel a little like they don't even want to talk about the fact that they don't know what to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. And for a lot of women, like last night I had a coaching call and there were so many women who were like, Oh my God, I, you know, I've never actually said these words out loud. I've never been able to talk about this because I'm so embarrassed to even admit it. So yeah, embarrassed. It, it's, it's unfortunate, but there's a lot of women and men feeling that way. Yeah. Like you guys, you don't know a lot about what's going on down there either. You're thinking, <laughs> no. yeah, I got yeah. a penis here. I'm going to use it. You know? I'm going to use my penis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> i know what to do with it there's a hole there i'm gonna stick it in now and and they don't realize there's nuances there's definitely nuance there's (laughs) nuances and you can use other other parts of your body to pleasure women too so a lot of men they're like ah yeah i don't don't know what to do yeah it's a sticky situation literally uh but (laughs) like here's a sticky question this could be so this could i think this could be controversial on some level but like okay you're growing up when would you when is the appropriate time to learn this when it's not deemed inappropriate by i don't know a larger society right oh you because know, i mean you know i have a whole a big issue around inappropriate like they're underage which is an arbitrary number by the way you know, sometimes it's 18, sometimes it's 21, sometimes 19, whatever. Yeah, it's this yeah. arbitrary age where now it's appropriate to talk about what was previously inappropriate about biological parts of your body that right. are totally natural, by the way. And the time, like for boys, oh my gosh, their hormones are raging in their teenage years. Yeah. And yet it's inappropriate to be talking about body parts, about birds and bees like reproduction this is how we maintain having a human population people like this is just (laughs) biology um people have a hard time with that though they're like if you're in high school and you're teaching sex ed like how do you teach is like what you're teaching you realize right people they throw out they'll be up in arms about that if it's taught in high school totally right but but I don't teach like what I teach is so respectful. Like how do you touch another person in a way that conveys your affection and love for them? Like it's not about whacking a guy off (laughs) the furthest thing from it. Um, It's about how to talk about your needs. It's about how to say no. Like I don't encourage people to go out and have sex. I encourage people to say no when they don't want to have sex. Um, Or I like, I encourage girls to, 
like if if you're if you're in the back seat with uh, with your boyfriend and you're 16 and he's 17 and he's pressuring you to do something without this education you're going to let him do it and you're mm. going to resent him forever and yeah. you're going to feel traumatized because it's your first time losing your virgin virginity was totally traumatic right and so with with education comes power because she can go actually you know what i'm really cool with third base but i'm not yeah. so cool with home plate here like let's just let's just totally make out and and but a girl is never going to say that in the back seat of a car she just doesn't have the words she doesn't have the yeah. communication and what i teach is empowerment i don't teach sex i teach empowerment in right. the bedroom out of the bedroom and to ask what for what you want and in a lot of cases that's not wanting penetration. Right. What do you, <laughs> you know? Why do people have such a resistance to anything that's beyond maybe describing reproductive parts and that this is how people have babies and stuff? What's the resistance you think primary uh, in teaching think, this? I think because it goes against a lot of things we've just been ingrained with, like mm -hmm. religious teachings, sure. making um any kind of sex outside of wedlock right um, a sin right you know or um or using sex for anything other than making babies right a sin so we've been indoctrinated with a lot of these like generational messages yeah. and great grandma talked about this to grandma grandma talked about this to mom and mom talked about that to me only because that's how it's always been right not because it made any sense but that's how it's always been. And I think it, it's rooted in religion is yeah. my, my guess. Um, and, and that's, I mean, religion, that's, I mean, there's a lot of puritanical thought processes that continue throughout the decades. And yeah. I think by also adding to that, I just think in addition to that, I totally jive with that. In addition to that, I think there's just a lot of people that feel like they want to teach their children about it and not have the school system. My pushback on that is, excuse my part of my friends, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So why do they want the responsibility when they don't know anything about what that is? Actually, I don't yeah. most parents know anything about how to teach their kids about sexual intercourse, non-sexual intercourse, all that they don't know anything, but they want to be the ones to do it. But they don't know. That's weird. I well, they think they know. They do know a lot. It may not be serving their kids. Like yeah. they know that sex is bad. Just say <laughs> no. You know, abstinence. They know a lot, but yeah. it may not be serving their kids. It may lot. not be serving their kids well. It's right? not I mean, like, yeah. And in their mind, yeah, I know this is this has served me well. And this is how it's always been. And so that's what I'm teaching my my son and daughter, because that's just how it is. And that's yeah. the right way to do it. And, and that's really unfortunate. What we should be teaching young kids is empowerment, is speaking up for themselves. We, we tell kids, not even sexually related, but we tell kids, sit down and shut up. Do yeah. as you're told. Like we're, we condition them to not have a voice Yeah. in, in Western civilization anyway. Um, we, from, from birth, from babies, you know, if a baby is crying, we need to shush them up. We can't let them express their what's going on and try to figure out wh why they're crying, crying and screaming. We need to shush them up because the people are looking at us in the restaurant. And like, we do not encourage 
kids to challenge our authority as adults. Sure. We don't. So guess what happens? A, a girl goes on a date with a boy and he wants to do something and she doesn't, but she's been conditioned. Don't, don't question a, a, anyone else because you're not, you're going to lose love. You're going to lose that guy. He's going to break up with you because you, you didn't let him do what you wanted, what he wanted to do. Um, we, we totally set it up as parents um, to have kids not speak up and really having a really great sex life and a, and a, a, a healthy sex life. That's all about communication. That's all about Completely. speaking up. Completely. I mean, it's not about the positions The you know, it's not about <laughs> Kama Sutra. It's not, that's, you can yeah. have all the cool positions. You can be Don one in the bedroom, but if, if you can't, if you don't know how to communicate, it's just, it's going to be a long, slow road towards breakup. Yeah. But it also, it goes back to the thing, like, it's like the sexual communication, like how many parents can actually have a substantially effective sexual communication with their uh, adult children or their adolescent children. That's not just about don't do it. Keep it in your pants. That, but that, you know, like that's literally what the conversation mostly is. Some oh yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. I, you know? I would not, I would not trust almost every adult out there to have Completely. that <laughs> I, I'd be like, you know, it was like, fingernails on the the chalkboard when i when i hear about you know how sex ed is being taught either in the schools or in homes i'm like oh my god you have no idea the 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 damage that you're putting your kids right. through that they're gonna have to pay a therapist later to uncondition like it's just it's horrible the the education that we have out there and um i, I i'm and we learn it from in schools we learn to have shame about our bodies, right? These are private parts. Don't touch them. Don't show them. <laughs> Heaven forbid anyone ever see your private parts. My son, when he was, I think he, I think he got sex ed in grade two or three or something like that, really yeah. young. And, and there was this whole stranger danger thing going on. And, and um, he, he used to run around naked all the time. Like I was, yeah. I purposely, did not give him any shame about touching yeah. his private parts or just running around in the sprinkler and totally naked, like totally normal thing in my world. I didn't want to give him any body shame. The very day that, and I was there as a parent participation school. Yeah. So I was in the classroom when they were teaching about body parts and, you know, these are the parts you keep covered and these are just basic stuff. Oh my gosh. From that night on, he would not let me help him in the bathtub. Yeah. He would not let me help him wipe his butt if it was like an extra messy uh, <laughs> right. bathroom section. Uh -huh. Like just, he would not let me see his body and I'm his mother. And yeah. it, it, his body image thing completely changed on a dime. Um, and, and it was because of that one little lesson in, in class. Yeah. And it was yeah. so sad to see because now he has body shame. It's right. Like, nope. This is bad, bad parts down here. You don't want anyone seeing that. 
It's so just, uh, it, we need a whole renovation. We need um, a renovation. I, yeah. Renovate. And so that's why I talk to, to adult women about this stuff and educate them so that then they can pass along to their, their kids and go, okay. Remember what I told you? I think you need to check this out because yeah. I think I was wrong. And women mm. are starting to do that. They, they often ask me, Hey, like, can I get this course for my daughter? Do you think that's weird? Do you, and I'm like, yeah, get it, get it for her. Yes, please. Can you imagine that conversation? Can you imagine that conversation? There's a big hurdle to overcome, to even say that to yes. you from a woman or a man yeah. and saying, Hey, can you, can you, can I get this for my offspring so that they will have a better relationship or a better intimacy? Yeah. That's a huge wall to overcome to even get to that point. You know? yes. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I was so proud of, yeah. of the women when, when they said those words, I was like, Oh my gosh, hallelujah. I've, I've actually educated women in a really healthy way for them to want. And, and they're talking about their adult daughter. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. Who are married. Right. Who, and they're like, you know, they've been married for a year. I want them to have this going forward. I wish I had this right. when I was married just a year, I wouldn't have gone through the last 10 years of not being able to touch my husband right. or whatever. Um, or I wouldn't have gotten that divorce could have saved yeah. my marriage. Um, and that's what women are seeing. Not, not, you know, can I teach this to my, my 15 year old daughter, but yeah, no, my adult no. daughter who's, Adults, who's yes. getting married and I want her to have a really great relationship. Oh yeah. Cause this is foundational stuff foundational stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I say all the time, like divorce starts between the sheets mm. and ends between the lawyers. <laughs> it does in between the lawyers. Crazy. Right. Like the, if, if things are bad in the bedroom, just get a divorce now. If you pl don't plan on fixing that, because mm. that's exactly where it's going. Man. Divorce oh. often, more often than not, will start between the sheets. Man. So that's why I've made it my mission to talk about this stuff. Right, right. It needs to be. No one else is. I mean, there's just so much stigma in a lot of people's mind and they just get so worked up about it. Yeah. That's why I like having you and other, you know, folks are in this field like, listen, we need to just talk about this. It's not a big deal to talk about blowjobs and sexual intercourse and whatever you want to let's just talk about it. Like this isn't something we should be burying underneath the ground like Let's just talk like libido. OK, we're going to talk about libido. Right. And people have different ideas about libido. So let's let's start on the ground level. Let's define. I like to define things because I think it's important for the audience to know, because, you know, people have batshit ideas about stuff. Oh, don't, yeah. They don't know about. They don't know? know. Exactly. So libido is your sexual drive, your level of desire to engage in sexual activities. And and I find there, libido has heavy weight. Like I can't even tell you, Darian, how many women say to me, I've got a really low libido since I had a hysterectomy or since I've gone through menopause or whatever. Like my libido is dead. Help. How do I get it back? And honestly, from what I've seen and from my experience, I think we put way too much emphasis on libido to be present in order to engage with their partner. Mm. And let me explain that. Okay. I know because a lot of your listeners just, 
just called bullshit on (laughs) you're like well i need to feel into like i need to have this libido to do this right like if i'm not in the mood and i and i engage in sexual activity isn't that obligatory sex right Mm. and and i'm not for obligatory sex like no no not at all but what what studies have found is there's even ted talks on this it's so cool What's been discovered is that when you engage in something, in some kind of activity, you you engage in that activity, whether you're in the mood to engage in it or not, in or out of the bedroom, you get in the mood to do that activity more, like to continue doing that activity. Like I may not be in the mood to go to the gym. But once I get my butt to the gym and mm-hmm. put on my sneakers and or tennis shoes, <laughs> I'm Canadian, sneakers is what we say, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and get on that treadmill or get on that leg press or go to that aerobics class or whatever, then it's like, oh, yeah, okay, now I'm in the mood. Now this feels great. But if I relied on being in the mood to work out, I'd never go to the gym. Of course. But I'm glad I went to the gym and I'm glad I started and and afterwards I feel way better and I'm just breathing better and I'm sweating and I'm feeling awesome and I'm really glad I engaged in that activity. Sex can be the same way. Like often we're not in the mood to engage intimately. And I and and I like to say playtime because that doesn't always mean penetration. It could mean a lot of intimate play activities. Um, so if we are not in the mood to engage in adult playtime, but we start something anyway, like you start by just kissing your partner, right? Little makeout session or a massage or whatever, just something intimate with your partner that will get you in the mood. So you can affect your libido. Don't wait for your libido to determine whether you take action or not taking the action will up your libido. I love so, that. Yeah. So I, I, that's what I tell women, like throw out the, the libido. You'll get in the mood and you'll physically, like a lot of women have said, who've gone through menopause, have a lot of vaginal dryness down mm-hmm. there. Um, so of course they're not in the mood. Their libido's crashed. Um, and when they start giving their guy an erotic massage and engaging in this, this awesome communication and really getting intimate verbally, intellectually, emotionally with their partner, all of a sudden juices start flowing down there. Like they phys- they have a physiological response to that touch and to that intimacy with their partner. So now there's lots of lubrication in their vagina. Yeah. Like there's not a problem there. Right. So, so we've got it backwards. Don't wait for the libido to be kicking in high gear in order for you to make the move. <laughs> as yeah. a, as probably a common objection maybe with people that talk to you was like, well, I'm just not in the mood all the time. So how do I make myself get in the mood? I think that's probably a lot of people's issue, you know? Yeah. It's just the wrong, qu- it's the wrong question. You don't need to get in the mood, like yeah. throw that out. It's a total myth, total myth. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Right. I mean, yeah. And it's, I mean, and then we start looking at intimate connection with our partner as not really about sex it's about compassion it's about 
intimacy. It's about just being, it's about an act of kindness to your partner. Like I would like to give you a, a, I'd like to call it a magic massage. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'll ask my partner in the morning, Hey, would you like a magic massage? Um, Not because I'm in the mood to make anything happen for me, but just because it'd be a really nice thing. Yeah. Nice way to start his day. I mean, what a great way to, to feel good to start the day. (laughs) Right. Right. And so, so when, when I take action in the bedroom, when I'm not in the mood, then it becomes not about me. It becomes what, what am I going to give? What am I going to do for my partner to please them? And, and I'm not talking about servicing your guy. I'm talking about just being sweet to them. Yeah. Like just touching them in a way that makes them feel how much I love them. Yeah. That kind of thing. And, and that will get me in the mood often, but it doesn't need to. It's just, a, it's a separate thing. And when you are treated with such generosity in the bedroom, everything in your relationship changes. I like to say the best relationships I've ever seen have been this almost competition, this game of who can be the most generous in the bedroom or in your relationship. Like what's your partner's love language? Maybe they like to be touched a lot. How can I touch them in all these different ways? I walk by them doing the dishes and I give them a little squeeze as I, as I go by or sitting next to them, watching Netflix. And I put my hand, I have some kind of contact, like how, how generous can I be with my touch? How generous can be, can I be with my words of appreciation for them? When, when you're giving, 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 being as generous as possible, your partner's going to want to reciprocate that generally speaking, this is law of reciprocation, where if someone's being so nice to you, you kind of want to be nice to them. Right, back. right. So if you're giving and giving and giving to your partner, generally speaking, unless they're a complete narcissist, <laughs> then um, they're going to want to give to you too. Yeah. And then it becomes this fun little competition. And God, that that's a really fun relationship. Yeah, it when, is a fun relationship. You're not giving and taking, you're just giving, 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 and they're giving, giving, giving. So there's a lot of receiving going on. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just love what you do, Lee. That's why I just keep having you back on. It's like, you just have a lot of wisdom and power. And I mean, you have positively affected my sex life with Michelle mm. and, you know, all that we talk all the time, great sexual communication. And we were laughing about the powdered sugar the other day. That was funny. We're <laughs> chatting about that. So you've come up in our, in our bedroom, which is fun. <laughs> Let's turn the tide, though. We talked about libido for women. What about for men and the conversation yeah. around that? Well, you had mentioned earlier um, erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. That takes a beating on a guy's right. libido because if he can't perform in the way that he is used to, then he's not going to want to be put in that situation to d- put on display for his partner. Yep, I'm not working again today. Yeah, like it's yeah, we're not functional again. I'm not a I'm not a whole and complete man again, is right. what he's thinking. So his libido crashes. Um, it, like he doesn't even want to please her often because he just doesn't even he doesn't want her to reach down and feel a soft penis. Like it, it there's there's so many 
there's so many things that affect a libido. Yeah. Um, even just stress, right? Um, stress at work, stress with the stock market, whatever. Um, medication, medication can affect your um, your libido and your erection. Right. Um, any kind of surgeries, um, diabetes, all all those kinds of things um, can totally affect a libido. And then without a lot of great communication, the woman is thinking, oh. Uh, he doesn't love me anymore. Or is he cheating on me? Is he getting it elsewhere? And he's not asking for it here. Um, that's a big concern for women. Um, so yeah, I think libido is a symptom of something else. Mm. Libido in and of itself, whether you have it or not, is not such a big deal. What the be the better question is, what is that libido indicating? You know, like, are your hormones all out of whack? Do you need to see the doctor? Because the, there's, you know, one of your organs that controls the release of that hormones, maybe it's not functioning properly. You got to get that checked out. Right. Um, so libido in and of itself isn't a big deal, but it has major repercussions, ripple effects in a, in a relationship. So it's got to be talked about. And explored. Most definitely. Like, what's going on here? You know, why, why are you not in the mood? Let's talk about this and not at, in a, in a, you know, what have you done for me lately kind of thing. Um, but in just a, an honest, curious, exploratory, I really want to figure this out because I yeah. value our relationship and I want you to feel great in, in the bedroom and know, um, know that I love you and know that, you know. I want to express my love in, in physical ways to you. And right. if you're not feeling it, then it's probably got nothing to do with the bedroom. It's got something to do with something else in the relationship. Typically, not always. But right, right. It was problems in the bedroom don't always have anything to do with the bedroom. Right. No, it's, it's true. You know, what about an, a non-erectile dysfunction aspect, like just men getting older and maybe having just less of that drive for sexual... Well, I think that has a lot to do with just monotony, mm. same old, same old day in, day out, missionary, roller over, grab the same boob. It's just like, it's the same thing day in and day out. And we like variety in the shoes we wear, the car we drive, the food we eat, the house we live in. We like variety in all aspects of our life. But when it comes to sex, Quite often in a long-term relationship, it, there's not much variety because we just don't know what there is out there available. Right. And so the libido is going to tank if it's just like, oh, okay, same, same old thing. Say, I don't feel like spaghetti again for the 10,000th time, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it, it just, I think that has a lot to do with it. When you yeah. spice things up, like I've had women clients who said, yeah, I've got the, the libido. I'm raring to go post-menopause and everything. doesn't matter. It hasn't slowed me down, raring to go. But my guy hasn't touched me in years. Wow. What do we do? Whoa. So, oh, yeah. And so I teach her how to um, approach the conversation in the bedroom and to get him to try something new and it, in a way that he doesn't have to perform in any way like the powdered sugar technique you're talking yeah. about. 
and your listeners can get it rockthebedroom.com it's just a free mm -hmm. one technique um super super fun super easy but he doesn't have to do a thing he can just lay there and enjoy it right and so when i when i teach women how to do that to just take a guy who's not in the mood to do anything and let him know that he doesn't have to do anything. It's not going to lead anywhere. I'm just going to shovel as much bliss on you for the next yeah. 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever that I can. You don't have to do a thing. You don't have to reciprocate. That starts turning things around yeah. because then he's not expected to perform. And men, sometimes they just don't want to perform. Yeah. And you've just introduced something completely new in the bedroom that he's never done before. Right. Hallelujah. So that will often respark a libido when there's some kind of variety going on. I'm curious about this too. I thought about this. I'm not sure. I wonder if you talk about this with people, with the clients. Mm -hmm. What about when someone who may be I have no one in mind. Just put this disclaimer out here. This is just a general question. <laughs> not asking for a friend. This is not asking for a friend. This is literally just popped in my mind. Do you ever talk about libido in terms of maybe when some people got together, let's say it was a really long time ago and they were both in really good physical condition and maybe one of the people ended up becoming, let's say, overweight or obese, or they're just changed so much physically. How does yeah. that relate to how they feel about their libido? That will definitely come into play if um, so, say, for example, in this case, it's the man who mm. is looking at his wife and she's gained an extra 30, 40, 50 pounds, whatever. And um, she's not the woman that he fell in love with. Yeah. Um, so that and, and he may be really attracted to slimmer women. That definitely comes into play. However, I will say that I have had women in that in that position where they're like, yeah, I, I know my, my husband doesn't want to touch me because I'm totally overweight. And that, you know, I, I don't feel confident in my body. I don't feel attractive. I don't feel sexy at all. So of course he doesn't find me sexy either. I get it. And she doesn't lose a pound, but she starts adopting this goddess mentality like not needing to shed the weight, just feeling super awesome, sexy, um, like a goddess, like a queen, like I am the best thing since pizza and beer to my guy. Like I love my body for her to come to terms with her own body. Yeah. Um, that is not the way she originally liked it. Mm. Um, but to, to fully accept her own body and feel sexy anyway, when she brings that into a relationship and feeling a, regardless of her size, she's total plus size, but now she's feeling totally hot and sexy and she's putting on the lingerie as opposed to covering up and having the lights off and she's taking control in the bedroom and she's pushing him down on the bed and going, no, you just, you just stay right there. I get this. Yeah. You know, and she's being all sexy that will turn things around. Yeah. All of a sudden he will see her as sexy because she's exuding it. You know, you see, you see overweight um, movie stars out there and they're hot because they own it. Yeah. I like to bring up Queen Latifah. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's a big girl and she's so hot. Yeah. Because she owns it. She she just loves her body. She's totally confident, totally secure in who she is. And she knows the worth that she brings. And it's got nothing to do with her body. Yeah. Um, That is sexy. Confidence is such a turn on. Confidence is a turn on. And it's actually, if you're a very confident person, and you maybe you may not even be that great, but if you're confident, people love that. And they like flock to it. No matter how you look, literally, (laughs) if you're confident. Face. It's like, wow. doesn't matter. How did that happen? Confidence. <laughs> like Confidence. Yeah. It sounds like such a cliche, but it, until you have it, when yeah. you are confident, then yeah. it's not a cliche anymore. Cliche. You realize, oh my God, the whole world is my oyster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah. true. <laughs> oh, these are, these are like never ending discussions, I think, because <laughs> on the other end, I think in my, I think of like, If a guy, I think guys don't talk about this as much, but like if a guy is in nowhere near the condition he used to be many years ago, that guy may have a lot of low confidence about his body. But I feel like a lot of that's put on women, though, not on men. Like the guys seem to be like, oh, he has the dad bod. It's almost celebrated. It's like whatever. But if a woman gains a lot of weight, it's like, oh, see, She's not what she used this, but I think guys feel bad too. When, and they, and they have a lot of shame when they don't feel sexy either. It's just not talked about. It's know? just not talked about. Yeah. in and you know, all the pictures you see on the covers of magazines are of either, you know, guys with ripped abs, abs or women who are slender. And, and even those, those female models, they don't even look like that. That's no, all photoshopped. It's all photoshopped. Like that, that thigh. Yeah. That's been shaved a little bit. All that, yeah. that cellulose, that's on <laughs> cellulite. Yeah. It's, it's there. Yeah. They just airbrushed it, Yeah, you know, exactly. but we're given these images of what we need to look like to, in order to be yeah. seen as desirable. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately there's a, there's a whole lot of media aimed at women Yeah, because um, women are typically shoppers and buyers. So, right. so a lot of media is aimed at women. And, you know, buy this cream, buy these clothes, buy this workout gear, buy this gym membership, buy, buy all these things. I'm going to make you feel horrible about yourself. <laughs> you don't look like this so that you That's buy right. my product to fix yourself, fix yourself, yeah. you know? So you're, you're right. I think the brunt of it has landed on women, but men do feel a little subconscious. You know, they, I would think so. self-conscious if they've got a big beer gut or whatever. They, I would think so. I mean. I would think a guy, you know, this is hard for me because I've never had, I've always looked the same way. My, I've always been very fit, but I want to be sensitive to that with other people. And sometimes if I see someone, let's say a guy, and, you know, they have a very large abdominal um, adipose tissue, mm-hmm. you know, does that feel bad? Like, does that, do you feel less sexy because you are not the person you used to be physically? I never hear guys talking about that. Like ever. Yeah, I I think I think the psychology behind all of that for men is different than for women. Yeah, because men are the hunters. Men are the like they're going to go out and get the woman and women are expected to. It's so weird in the nature, the out in nature animal kingdom. The guy, (laughs) the, the male animal has to they're typically the most. Um, colorful, right? The they mains have to win a... the woman. 
You know, they have right. they have to puff out their feathers. They have to have the most colorful coloring. <laughs> yeah. They like they have to win the female to be able to yeah. mate with her. Right. But humans, women, like we got to wear makeup. Do you have any makeup on right now? No. Dear? No, I do. <laughs> because it's expected. I have to be presentable. So the women, we, yeah, we have the 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 onus is put on women to look pretty. Isn't that strange? To look like, desirable or we're, you know, he's going to leave us for a younger woman, for a younger, prettier, thinner <laughs> girl. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's harsh for it's women. Perpetuated so much, you know? Yeah. But men, I mean, they, they don't feel that whole, oh, I need to feel sexy kind of <laughs> thing. To, like they, they don't feel that it's, it's a different thing for guys. <laughs> I'm big. It's okay. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> like, yeah, like, hey, I provide for you. I buy you nice things. Yeah. And, you know, I take care of you, and and I'm your protector. <laughs> that's that's how men, um, kind of earn our. Um, oh, funny, man. Yeah, it, it, it's it's, it's just you're right about the animal kingdom. Like in a lot of animal kingdoms, the female is the hunter and provides for the family, and the yeah. man is the over. Like like you said, is like does the weird dance like birds, especially do these crazy dances to attract a mate. They spray the feathers or the different colors are so exotic on the male birds. Yeah. Just to get a chance to be with the female. Yeah. Right. Just, just to prove their worthiness. Yeah. Some guys do that at clubs. Okay. They do. Some guys do that at clubs. Okay. They're the, they're, like, <laughs> they're the bird. The gold chains came the from. gold chains. Oh, it happens at clubs. <laughs> Right. They stand on the wall looking around. Hey, wearing a certain outfit. Yeah. The vibe, you know, it's like the haircut, you know, the muscles, you know, there's something, you know. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a little something there going on. Yeah. That's creepy, too. But anyway, it's like, I mean, come on. Does that work? I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Not so much on me. I mean, that's nice eye candy, but if you open your mouth and you got nothing to say, then yeah, it's over. It's done. It's it's done. <laughs> it's Those done. looks aren't gonna last, buddy. Like there, it's eye can't candy, but you gotta be able to say something, uh, right? Intellectual. You walk over, you're like, "Wow, interesting." And starts talking. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That that's yeah. But guys think that they think it's a lot about like the show, you know, it's like and then it's like, no, you have to have some substance. <laughs> you you got to have some substance. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, you're not going to be horizontal the whole time. You're going to be, <laughs> you know, talking You're gonna right. be talking once in a while, you know. So if, if the person doesn't have anything good to say, then, <laughs> you know, you know, the thing I hear all the time. Oh, my gosh. So I go on live on TikTok. I've got like 1.2 million. Yeah, you got so, so many I, people on there. I go I go live all the time. And um I'll have a lot of guys come on my live and and say, "Oh girl, if you gave me a chance, I would like rock your world." I get that all the time. Come on. Aimed at me. Uh, yeah, and I'm I ugh, that makes me so mad. I'm telling all your male listeners right now, <laughs> don't say that to a woman. You know why? You know what women want to hear is girl, what do you like? What do you want me to do? Mm. Like, don't assume that what you did with your last girl is going to work on me. <laughs> don't be assuming that because we're all made different. Yeah. And it, it sounds like you don't, you don't care what I want. You're just going to, you're so arrogant to think that you can read my mind and you can't, nobody can. Yeah. Um, nor do I expect you to, although 
a lot of women, a lot of people expect their partner. If you love yeah. me, you would know what I want. You know, that kind of <laughs> come on. That's that's bull. But yeah, I would love for a man to go, hey, so what is it? What does it look like for someone to treat you really well? Yeah. What does that look like to you? I want to know that. That guy, oh, he's got a date. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll date that guy. I'm not sure that guy's on TikTok, honestly. <laughs> Probably not. Um, <laughs> or on any social group, media. Know, a meetup group or something. Yeah, you, you may have to get in person with that person. Like, let me just go, you know, it's usually yeah. ridiculousness on, you know, the stupidest yeah. thing to say to get some attention. Type well, of thing. I think because you want to look competent. You want to look like, hey, you know, all those guys who didn't treat you all that well, yeah. I know how to treat you well. Like you, you try, you're selling yourself. You're selling. You're out those feathers, right? Yeah, everybody's selling. Sell yourself. And, but for me, and for a lot of women, it would be really refreshing for someone to go, you know what? Just standing next to you makes me nervous. Like, I, I don't even know what to say to you right now because right. you're just so beautiful and you're so captivating and magnetic that I, I'm just really nervous sitting over here. That kind of vulnerability. Oh my God. Yeah. That dude's got a chance. Guys, you hearing this? Be vulnerable. <laughs> Say, show me that you are figuring it all out. Show me that you're open to suggestions. Show me that you're interested in me and not just getting into my pants. Yeah. Um, show me that you're willing to be, to, to learn, to be wrong about stuff yeah. and to be open about finding out what is right for that particular person that you're going after. Um, yeah. Show me that. Yeah. Now we got something to talk about. Now we got something going on. And well, there's shot. There's yeah. a now you gotta you guys want like, a shot, you know. Rico suave like <laughs> just dancing in the boom, boom, yeah. boom. <laughs> like, yeah, girl, look at you. <laughs> so I'm always like, this is so weird. It's, it's like yeah. Creepy yeah, you, club don't guy. be slick. Don't be slick. Don't, we don't be a slick guy. Yeah. No. For sure. Because it looks fake. It looks like we're just we're just something to win and then throw away after. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, I mean, and and there's a place for that. I'm not saying that booty calls are, are yeah. a bad thing. Sure, go do a hookup, whatever. But if you're looking for something meaningful, yeah, that's not going to work. No, <laughs> no, it's definitely not going to work. No. Yeah. Well, we know what works with what you're doing, Lee. So please um, tell everyone how they could uh, get your information and feel better. <laughs> it's all about I'm the feel. feeling better, man. Yeah. So uh, my website is rockthebedroom.com. There's a free technique that you can get and try out on your partner tonight. The training is like 13 minutes long and you can do it tonight. It's super simple and super yummy, as Darian will tell you. It's good. It's definitely very good. <laughs> yeah, it's very I approve good. this message. <laughs> it is election season, you know. Yeah. And it's not about the guys. It's about a, a woman feeling more confident touching a guy's body. And knowing what to do and knowing what to ask for. And it, yeah, that's that's what I teach at rockthebedroom.com. Beautiful. Lee, I'm sure we'll be talking again for sure. I hope so. No, February, we're going to talk again. It's, we'll get Absolutely. it set up. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Enlightening as usual. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. D. You're awesome.